This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. All right, Hardyanas. This week's episode, before I get to our guest, we don't have Delby. So no Delby, it's just me and uh, the wonderful Corey White. Johnny um, Depstein back in the booth. <laughs> Spaking the trash. It was a fucking awesome episode as always. Um, got, a, got a little bit vulnerable at the yeah, end we there. we did, speaking our truth. Yeah, speaking our truth. But, um, self-reflecting. But before we get into what we talked about in this episode, uh, this episode is brought to you by alltradescover.com.au. Um, they run insurance for all sorts of trades. Um, I'm not going to give specific examples because, you know, he can get in trouble for that if we give an example. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, get get around it. Um, he'll help you out, I guess, uh, potentially if you're going to maybe get your, your tool stolen on site or whatever, uh, some stuff like that. They're going to insure you. Big companies, small companies, whatever you want, any sort of uh, building business, uh, alltradescover.com.au has you covered. This episode's also brought to you by Kahuna Golf. Are you into golf at all? Uh, I don't mind playing a back nine now. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Kahuna Golf. I don't know if you've seen any of the clips that we've put up, um, but the attire is very floral. It's the uh, Hawaiian sort of vibe, but it feels fucking awesome. Um, uh, I mentioned this the other day. I played golf the other day. It was fucking hot and it was real breathable and stuff. So really good. Looks good. Delhi even says he feels like a golf player even though he can't play for shit. Um, but uh, it's it's bloody awesome. We've actually got a um, a discount code for Hard Yarns listeners. It is Hard Yarns 15. So if you go in there and you want to get any of your uh, attire for golf, um, hats, shorts, shirts. Um, they've even got rags for your clubs. Um, not for... <laughs> Not time activities. <laughs> um, you can get involved. So 15% off Hard Yarns 15. And this episode is also brought to you by Raunchy Brewing Co., uh, the beer that's actually good. You might <laughs> challenge that. <laughs> no comment. Uh, but they are the beer that's actually good. Um, I do like that lager. I'm sober at the moment, but if I was going to be uh, my arm twisted, it would be for a Raunchy. <laughs> Uh, but today we were joined, as I said, uh, by the lovely Street Jesus, <laughs> Corey White. Uh, what did we talk about today, mate? It was a pretty good episode. Oh, mate, we talked about forgiveness, uh, mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little bit of a rant about uh, the jab fallout. Oh, yeah, that was a big uh, yeah, bit. Predictions, of- self-reflection, self-improvement, stoicism, Andrew Tate. Mm. What didn't we talk about, mate? Fuck, it was a pretty good one, actually. It was expansive chat. It's a really good one, and you weren't interrupted by with puns every two minutes. No, Greta Punberg's in Bali. <laughs> yes, Delby's in Bali, but he'll be back uh, next week. I think next week we're actually joined by the other colour, Corey, Corey Green. <laughs> but uh, until then, uh, thank you very much. Fucking awesome episode, and uh, let's get home. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please <laughs> disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-host. Daniel Delby. And Cameron Brand. I would do this and then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get hard. I've always, yeah, I've always felt like it was... Um, and I do. 
because it's fun. Because he makes, do you know what he does? He makes uh, pa- like fun, like serious topics palatable. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. He's um, like a diffuser. Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, mm. I did one episode by myself with um, uh, Dave Hughes, and I've really enjoyed it. Mm. And I think it was just. Um, you get to say what you want a bit more often than maybe it's ego serving, but but regardless, how you go, man? Good to have you on. Uh, happy mate. New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, where has the last twelve months gone, mate? It's uh, I, I remember leading into t- December and just going, what the fuck? Like it's nearly Christmas. Yeah, that was um hectic, but it was such a big year, and I think you know election year. <laughs> I dare say there's going to be a bit more going on. Well, um, we're in for a big one, 2024. There's uh, all mm, sorts of things going on. There is a bit going on. Um, but uh, most importantly, uh, before we get into what's going on around the world, the Fringe is coming up. You've got some shows yeah, um, yeah. going. And it's, uh, you've been chucking a bit up about Fringe, actually, I notice. Yeah, well, um, they took issue with my content. They accused me <laughs> yeah, of yeah, I mentioned racism. It on the, I mentioned it on the pod. I went through some of the things that they you sent me, and I was like, fuck, man. It's pretty hectic. It was so funny because they uh, sent me this email saying you have to remove this, this, and this mm. um, because they what do they say? We support free speech, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and they said you're going to have to resubmit some copies. So I sent this uh, yeah. big long email, open email in yeah. response. Yeah, uh, and I said we'll replace that quote with um, we support free speech, but. <laughs> <laughs> And then, right, <laughs> I was waiting for a response because yeah. it was a big email I sent. Yeah. And they just said, okay, thanks, Corey. <laughs> it's like, they them came, they them saw, they them capitulated. <laughs> right? And it gets better, right? Oh, so fuck. after that's gone, uh, published that on my Substack, which you should all subscribe to, by the mm, way. Yeah. Um, a member of the general public gets in contact with me and says, hey, next time the Fringe give you any shit, show them this photo. Yeah. And would you believe it was a photo of one of the board members <laughs> who's a non-binary drag queen <laughs> doing drag in blackface. Oh, <laughs> 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 fucking Finally, hell. you came along. Oh, my so, God. So uh, I didn't know what to do with it. At first, I was like, oh, should I blackmail them? You know, it's like, give me some free uh, advertising. Well, Perhaps sh- even a fringe award. But I was like, well, that's illegal. And I'm sure the, the legal practice board would take a very dim view of it. So I thought, instead of blackmail, what about a white mail them? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's white mail, Corey? Uh, well, white male differs from black male in the sense that it's uh, legal and not racist. <laughs> so um, I'm yet man. to hear about my free advertising fringe. Be a shame if that photo was doing the rounds again. Oh yeah. Well, um, that's a that's an interesting thing that they want. Like, so is that a requirement with the free advertising and help? Is that that's part of the? No, nah, you pay for it. You pay for it, and you know the ones that they do uh, promote for free. Is acrobats and jugglers and mm. anodyne comedians who talk about you know themselves all the time. My yeah. gender, race, and sexuality is the most interesting thing about <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a thing now where being almost speaking truth, being truthful, just basically saying what everyone else is thinking. It's it's in a comical way. It's working, and you see that with the popularity of like Ricky and and uh, Dave Chappelle. But I wasn't a fan of their. Oh, actually, I didn't mind Dave Chappelle's one. Have you seen them yet? I haven't. <coughs> excuse me. I haven't seen either. Mm. So I've seen Ricky's and first. 
felt very like I'm saying this specifically to get a reaction. Yeah. yeah and bit. you know what? Like it's it's easy to trigger the lefties. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not even a sport anymore. It's yeah. just, you know. Yeah. All you have to say is women um, <laughs> to get pregnant. Like, yeah, they're outraged, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I've seen that. And then um, granted uh, I this was prior to me starting my sobriety. I, uh, I watched um, Dave Chappelle's uh, On Mushies. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. So I'm going to have to Everything's rewatch it. Funny, I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch it sober. I've heard a couple of people say, yeah, they liked it. Um, and a couple of people say, no, it was not his best. But if not his best, is still fucking better than 90% of what's out there. Still well, f- what have the Woke Brigade got? Yeah, yeah. Fuck all. But yeah. you know what annoyed me, right? Is it's like they're both socio-political comedians who talk about social issues. And when it comes to the most divisive social event of our lifetimes... They both had fuck all to say about it. Yeah, well, uh, it's like, what how can you be to Israel um, vaccine? Ah, ah, remember that? I mean, it seems so long ago now, and everyone's <laughs> thought it's long COVID. It's like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, I laughed at what you you sent me that message that someone said in the surf. Oh, I got, yeah, I got myocarditis from yeah, COVID. I, I couldn't believe it. Man. I was in the surf. I started laughing, and these boys were like, "What are you laughing at?" And I was just like, "Long COVID, bro." Mm. The thing about uh, that is. We're very shortly potentially seeing this pandemic treaty. Have you seen mm. what's going on with that? That's a bit. That's pretty scary. Do you know many of the details of that? I got a bit of an idea of. Yeah, um, look, um, mate. To be honest, the last two weeks I've completely checked out of the mm. news media, and it's been nice to yeah. not be uh, having your finger on the pulse of the world. <sighs> I said, that, uh, and I said that to you just prior to thing. I did the same thing. I <clears throat> stepped away just probably the last two to three months of the pod last year because we were on it. And I also, and in anticipation of the fact that 2024 is an election year, there's going to be a lot going on. You're going to be surrounded with fucking a lot of information and I just needed a break. And fuck, it was. It was, I don't know, peaceful. It just mm. felt good because, yeah, you feel burdened. You feel weighed down by all this stuff that you're seeing. And almost um, you feel like you, – you, because you feel like you can't make a difference. So you feel – Helplessness is a big thing. Helpless, mm. helplessness, and um, yeah, and that wasn't great. So I was like, I, I like bringing attention to some of these things, but um, but yeah, burning yourself with the with the, the knowledge, it's yeah, it becomes a lot. So yeah, well, it's kind of a vicious loop, right? Because I mean, it's depressing <laughs> to be paying attention, but then if you want to mm. uh, not be depressed, well, then the solution is to not pay attention. But that. Feeds the cycle, right? Because yeah. not paying attention is that all of a sudden we've signed away our sovereignty to the who. And uh, well, yeah, well, I've seen this. So I've got, um, I wrote down a couple of little stats on it because I, I was interested in it as it as into what was going to be enforced by this treaty. Um, and f- firstly, that I, I wanted to like <coughs> make note of is this is decided upon by people who are unelected, mm. unelected bodies representing the entire planet. Mm. So these people don't have. We've not said, yeah, we w- we want you to make a decision on our behalf. They've just gone, yeah, we're gonna put this treaty forward, and then I th- I, from from what I can tell, everyone has to sign on for it to for it to come into action. But um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty scary. Uh, some of the things like uh, enforcing surveillance and censorship. This is in the declar in the. Um, <clears throat> This is in the event of them declarating there's some, uh, some sort of... Global pandem- health event. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, firstly, I'd like to say, well, fuck, what's them to say that climate change is in a, a health... Global of, health event. You know, like in them start. But um, basically, they'll enforce surveillance and censorship. They can get rid of freedom of speech. 
which is yeah, censorship. Um, they can require governments to censor and push a central narrative, which is, it's, again, it comes down to censorship. It's about the harmonisation of messaging, right? Exactly. Making sure everyone's singing from the same song sheet and there's no deviation from a narrative. Which we found through COVID, we found the, 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 the minority of voices seem to, in the end, have a louder voice because they were end up... They were able to actually get some of the information out there that was yeah. It went not from follow the silence, uh, follow the science, to follow the silence. Mm. Yeah, well, so eventually some people, I think, just clued on to like, no, you, like I wanted to believe you, I trusted you, and now I can plainly see that you're fucking yeah. You're you're just now you're doing mental gymnastics yeah. to justify what has been done. Uh, they can enforce mandates, and uh, no longer will they be recommendations; they'll be enforced. Uh, this is by the World Health Organization. They can enforce digital passports, and it's and it's ongoing. It's, that, those are just a few things that they can do in the event of what they would consider a global health crisis. Yes, the darkness is that dark in the future, isn't it, Branchy? It's it's scary considering um, how much we now know was wrong, and if the decisions that were made, albeit let's say they would they were acting out of fear themselves, going, well, we, we actually truly believe that this is the only way out. I don't believe they did. I think they saw money and, and they tried to justify their actions um, in however way they possibly can. But, um, yeah, in the end of the, at the end of the day, if we can see now that what was done uh, to try and combat COVID now, uh, then was wrong and actually seems to have resulted in some pretty damaging... But it wasn't the combat. It was the, the enforcement of the vaccine. Mm. And you know what pisses me off is all these people going, I was like, well, nobody forced you to take it. <laughs> but it's like, if I had a girl around, it's just like, well, look, you can't leave. You can't work yeah. until I've given you a couple of shots. <laughs> nobody forced you. No. You know, it's bullshit. Yeah. And it's... Coercion um, is not consent. And people keep saying, oh, just move on, just move on. And I, to a point, want to move on. But it's like, if like my mum nearly died because of this. Mm. If she had died and there's people who have had family members died and latest data is suggesting potentially up to 17 million people worldwide have died because of That's maybe not World direct... World War One numbers. Yeah. You know? And this isn't... This this was... Um, these aren't... As uh, I think it was Eric, Eric Weinstein. Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein um, said on... The Tuck- good Weinstein. Yeah, <laughs> said on, um, on Tucker. He said, you know, those numbers aren't, you know hard to imagine when this is on a scale of billions of people yeah. getting this very unknown and dangerous, potentially dangerous drug. Um, so to, to suggest that potentially 17 million people could have died, not maybe as a direct result, but that's the same as with COVID. They're like, well, that's not a direct result, but they may not have died had they not got it. Same with the with the jab. So, so I had a judge say to me at an event, he came to my show, he's like, Look, you've got so much great material, but it's time to leave the vaccine and COVID stuff behind. Yeah. But the way I feel about it is like you know when you've you've been you've known someone for years and then they get on the piss yeah and they show you a side of themselves and they behave really poorly and yeah. then they wake up the next day and oh geez what happened it's like we need to talk about yeah. the way you behave because mm. I don't want you in my house again unless we have a reckoning about how you behaved and what was said and what was done mm. yeah that's uh, that's true because yeah it. it I mean, in this case, it was obviously fear, not alcohol, but the fear brought out... Well, arguably, I think the fear was worse than alcohol. Yeah. 
Mm. It's it's amazing what you do when you're in a fear response, flight or flight. At least people can drink themselves to sleep. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? like yeah. People aren't you know fearful and then you know going to sleep. Well, and this over. is uh, why we're seeing. So I've got a couple of articles actually. Um, I wasn't going to bring these out too late. Are you but fucking well, doing your own research? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got hey. a couple of articles that have come out on the. Uh, let's talk about the excess deaths for now because that's pretty damning and concerning. Because uh, now uh, people, again, will say, like, why are you talking about it still? Well, now the data's coming out so we can talk about it with, you know, confidence uh, and confidence that you can't argue against. Not you, but the people who would argue against that. Um, so it, it was, is it Ed Dowd yeah. that you spoke with? Yeah. Uh, so he obviously, <clears throat> I got to see him on stage. You were on stage as well. You um, did very well. And then obviously, uh, was it Miles? Uh, Malhotra, Same Malhotra. Malhotra. Uh, it, it was uh, John Shipton. Yeah, Julian Assange's old man uh, and Naomi Wolf. Yeah, so it was very great. Uh, it's it an incredible occasion and I think a lot of listeners who were in Perth at the time or anywhere in the other cities would have gone to that event. Um, but hearing them talk was incredible. But Ed Dowd's stuff was mind-blowing using... Um, insurance company data. Yeah, life insurance. Mm. And now it seems to be a pretty common way of measuring uh, what's well, going across on across all the anglo where all the countries where it was rolled out they're yeah. saying seeing the same sort of data come up yeah so i, I correlation abs- isn't causation though uh, yes well correlation doesn't equal causation i do agree but the fact that uh the all-cause mortality spikes are directly after <laughs> the covid jab campaign and booster campaigns yeah look see i'm at a point with it socially though like i don't even want to talk about it socially because yeah. so many people i love yeah, and care yeah. about you know it's fucking in the back of their heads mm. and i don't want to make them feel bad because so many people were blackmailed into it and they mm. had no um real choice some people did have a choice and there was a price they weren't prepared to pay but mm. You know, I've got friends who've got kids and mortgages and they had to make a choice between doing that or letting their kids go hungry and mm-hmm. not being able to pay their mortgage. And that's what I'm still the most angry about is, is the extortion element that was mm. placed on people by the state premiers and by the corporate sector, by the way. Yeah. Don't forget that it was the, the corporate sector that came in and said, hey, you need to have the jab to, mm. to come to work. So, yeah. <clears throat> and that does... That sort of stuff, um, it is, it's concerning to see how, um, so like I won't talk about this in, in normal life anymore. I, this is, like you just said, this is not part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I just sort of like, I use this platform to get out information that we're now finding and, and sort of vent my frustrations as well. But that's the only time I ever speak about it. You might get someone come up to me and go, oh, what about this? And I'm like, well, yeah, and I sort of try and, Scurve the conversation as early as possible because again I'm over it as well. Mm. But I use this platform here to to get this sort of information out, not because I think that it, what we're saying now is going to um, make a difference in regards to people being held accountable for their actions. But I think hopefully, if there's enough people like us in our podcast and we're small fry in the, in the grand scheme of things, getting this sort of information out there. Hopefully, the next time something like this happens, people will think twice. Potentially, and that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. That's why I continue to go right. This is where I'm just going to show you that these people weren't fucking crazy. They weren't no conspiracy theorists. They had a right to actually ha- show concern, um, and we can see that now with the data. Um, I don't know how uh, how it is for you socially, but this is why I was going to call my show the Corey Hole, right? Because yeah, I'd be at parties and stuff, and people would come up and. 
you know, have a quiet word and be like, hey, you know, this happened to, to my friend or this happened to me and, yep. you know, I can't say this in front of anyone else but I just wanted you to know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, if only people knew how many people felt the same. But it's this... Well, that's what totalitarianism does, right? It tries to make you feel like you're the only one who feels this way. It's, mm. it's, it's about isolating you. That's interesting because I want to talk to you about populism and social because I don't quite understand some of the differences in some of them. So maybe we can actually talk about that later and totalitarianism. Um, but I'll quickly read some of this article that I found quite interesting. Um, life insurance actuaries, 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 actuaries. Life insurance actuaries are finding that more people are continuing to die at alarming rates, even more than before the pandemic. That cannot be accounted for by COVID. Uh, for instance, the Society of Actuaries Research Institute found that there was a 34% increase in deaths among working-aged people, 35 to 44, in the last quarter of 2022. So, 34% increase. Like that's not like that is not a small amount. Um, and so they're they're trying to attribute some of these things to long COVID, which I think it was Putin, though, really. What do you mean? <laughs> Putin, Trump. I mean, they'll fucking blame anything. Oh, yeah. The elephant in the room, right? A hundred percent. But, yeah, however, CDC and public health agencies uh, are at a loss to explain these statistics, nor is there an apparent urgency on their part to get to the bottom of this. So <laughs> I wonder why there's no urgency to get to the bottom of this. Like, Yeah. Why would we want to look at, make ourselves look bad and embarrass ourselves? Yeah. Um, and we've said this plenty of times. If they had have said, look, this is the option we think is best, there's a big risk, you don't have to take it, but this is what we've got on the table at the moment. It's been rushed. We've tested the boosters on eight mice. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, I mean, everything that's come out, you know, about the, the leakage of, of the vaccines, the mitochondrial effects, mm. and, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I still can't believe that it happens some days. Mm. Um, yeah, 100%. It is, it, it is interesting. But the fact that we're looking at data from life insurance policies and them being claimed and paying out. It's well, they're all statistics, bro. And you know what they say about statistics? What's that? They're like bikinis. They look good, but what they're concealing is the most revealing. <laughs> I like that. There's a clip. <laughs> um, and on that, uh, so in that whole process, this is another article I um, did want to talk about, um, regardless of uh, where this conversation is going. It's actually led pretty well to this. So the state of emergency. Um, there's a case in Victoria that has been trying to push for the release of the this, the health advice that led to the, the calling of a state of emergency so they can enforce these sorts of rules. And um, I'll read some of this. Uh, article because it's pretty interesting and you might be able to come at it from a law point of view um, and understanding so um so we'll go for earlier in may concerns were raised about legitimacy of the state of emergency the contention was that the government established it on presumptions rather than concrete evidence uh, to challenge this, affidavits from key officials, including former Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton and ex-Health Minister Jenny Mikakos, uh, can't remember the pronunciation of her name, were deemed crucial. So during a court appearance on December 15th, Nick's legal team pressed for the release of these affidavits. The judge set the deadline for January 15th for the prosecution to provide the necessary material. So... Um, 
it's pretty unprecedented that they would release this. Um, and as the deadline looms, uh, the question is, will they actually release it? Will they do what they There'll be do? some reason that's not released. I mean, or there'll be some distraction to keep everyone you know, mm. thinking about something else. And this is what I said last week, um, is you know the, the lockdowns, the border shutdown, that was all based on the, the idea and the principle that you couldn't pass on COVID if you had uh, the jab. Same with passports. Um, now, having known that this wasn't uh, a factor at all, you can see that these um, these things that we put in place were all uh, far overreacting. And I think that either we have to have a conversation, and I still think this, we have to have a conversation with you know Pfizer, who would have provided the information or the safety data or the health data for these people to make the decisions and say, well, you said it wasn't going to um, stop the spread, so... You know, we need to have a conversation with you why you told them that. Or you told them, no, we don't know. And then McGowan and the likes went, no, we're still going to shut it down. In which case, we still have to have a conversation with them and go, why the fuck did you shut it down giving the information that you knew it wasn't going to stop the spread? So yeah, that's well, not going to happen because you stepped down. And I don't know what the legal requirements are. You might be able to address the legal Oh, look, I, I don't know, mate. That's above my pay grade. But I think it's fascinating that um, Anastasia Pella, shameless, can't pronounce her surname, the Queensland Premier. She's the last of the pandemic era premiers to yeah. have uh, quit suddenly. And, yeah, I mean, they haven't gone full term. I think it's telling that none of them have, uh, like Dan Andrews, Mark McGowan, yeah. Anastasia Palachine, Michael Gunner. Well, they're claiming um, long COVID. Oh, wow. <laughs> they all walked into fucking cruisy jobs with BHP. Isn't that Rio interesting? And APM and... Who could have who could have predicted that? No, no, it's not like you didn't say it four or five times on the podcast. Yeah, well, I think I'm the most fucking vindicated comedian in this country. We have to go and find some of these clips of you saying that he, you guarantee that he's going to go work for someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, though, you didn't need to be a fucking genius to no. be able to see that that was going to be the revolving door from public to private, and then it was a. Career. Cushy jobs for the boys arrangement taking place, but it happens in every sector. You see the mm. people who were, you know, um, you know, on the board of um, the World Health Health Organization would then quit and then move to the board of Pfizer. Or what's a conflict of interest anymore? I know it's um, it's pretty interesting, but yeah, so that's that sort of stuff. Like I've always I always want to move on, but I still want to. Uh, when information like this comes out, and I'll be what's the date? It's uh, January 9th. so. Six days, I'll be looking very closely to see if that information comes out because the, on, uh, what you, Peter Collier, a close friend of mine who's in uh, Parliament, Honourable Peter Collier, I think you meant to call mm-hmm. him, um, he used to be the Education Minister um, and he made calls uh, late, uh, I think early last year um, or even potentially late 2022 of just suggesting to Mark McGowan's administration, we're not conspiracy theorists, we just want to see the health advice that you have been given to use as a, uh, a you know a vindication of these shutdown measures. That's all we want. We mm. just want to see it. And they still wouldn't release it. So I um, happened to cross paths with a, a Labor MP in the gym okay. last year, yep. dishonourable John Carey. <laughs> and uh, I saw him and I was just like, excuse me, mate, aren't you that bloke? And he kind of was a bit sorry, you recognise that. Yeah, you're that bloke who works for Kerry Stokes and Twiggy Forrest. <laughs> and he's just like, walked away. I was like, Kerry, come back here, mate. Tell me, have you had your fifth booster? Don't walk away from me. 
Anyway, so he's going over to the free weight, so I followed him. He was sitting there doing his bicep curls, and I sat down next to him and waited for him to put his weights down. I said, geez, you can lift a lot of weight for a bloke without a spine, Kerry. <laughs> I was like, tell me, have you had your fifth booster? He's like, yeah. look, I don't know who you are, but you don't win an argument by insulting people. He's like, oh, you mistook this for an argument, mate. No, yeah. I am insulting you, you <laughs> And he ran off, <laughs> right? And then I saw him in the gym the next day. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, Kerry. I was like, mate, who needs cash for access with a Labor MP? When I can come and chirp you in the gym for free, you piss ant. Fuck, man. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy to see how that... Like the nation has reacted because now it's what? It's a 5% uptake of boosters? <laughs> Which is, does that make 95% of Australia her anti vaxxers? <laughs> Welcome to the club, bitches. <laughs> like, what, 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 are they, what are their excuses for not having it now? Ah, oh, it looks like we don't need it. Yeah, probably never did. Well, fucking, yeah. That's how exactly. about an apology? And this is my view, right? Unless you're willing to acknowledge that you were conned mm. and that you fell for the, the propaganda. Mm. You don't get to have an opinion about anything on politics, a credible opinion, right? Like, no. Until you own up and admit, like, shut the fuck up. And people say, oh, Corey, it was a long time ago, all right? Let it go. I was like, mm. well, shut the fuck up about Australia Day. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is uh, one of those things where, I, uh, uh, yeah, I keep saying I want to let it go, but every time something like this comes up, you, you need to <laughs> – you need to – Remind people of, of how they acted, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't need to. Maybe you just need to. Well, what's that Milan Kundera quote? The Czech writer is like, uh, "The struggle against the struggle of man against power is one of memory against forgetting." That's nice. Mm. Mm. Our quotes have been going well. I might clip that up for you and put that on, mate. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the people I feel sorry for the most, uh, especially considering then their lack of risk in this at all is the kids who didn't have a say in um, in whether they'd have the vaccine. We can see very concerning data already within three, two to three years of, of this. Who knows what's going to happen long term? Um, these kids who were going to benefit nothing from having the jab and still there's no data suggesting that they needed it. Still there's no j- data suggesting it was safe for them. I had a mate call me up and break down in tears over that and he said, I feel like a failure as a father because I let my kids have that fucking vaccine. Mm. I'm I'm very glad we stood strong and um, for for all of mine and my ex-wife's differences, we were both very staunch on the fact that Scotty was not getting the fucking uh, COVID vaccination. She did not need it. Mm. It was not required. I did not need it. It was not required. Anyone who needed it, yeah, maybe go get it. Like if, if that's what you need to do, if that's what you want to do. But take it at the risk of the fact that you might have some issues. And, mm. more, and yeah, it looks like, as I said, if, if, those, if this um, data ends up being, you know, Look, mate, taken I got, further. I got more confidence buying drugs off a bloke I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 vaccine from Pfizer. Not that I buy drugs. But that's what, uh, what he, one of my mates said uh, the, all the, he was at a barbecue and he, he was the only one of his family members who was unvaccinated. And they're like, why don't you just get it? Just fucking get it. And he he had this staunch principle of like, uh, I don't trust what's in it. And um, I wasn't one of those people because I don't know what the fuck's in anything. Like I I, I know what's in my my fruit, <laughs> but I don't know what's in, in anything I have. And then they were like, oh, you were on the coke last week. We fucking... 
well, you don't know what's in that. And he's like, yeah, but I trust the bikies more than I do the fucking government. Right. <laughs> so it's just... Uh, but well, at least they're responsive to shit product, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Because like, they want to keep selling it to you. They've got a vested interest in making sure they've got a good product. Whereas Pfizer, it was just like, well, fucking the taxpayers guaranteed the bill. Who cares about them? We'll swindle them once and fucking... Yeah. But have you seen the Pfizer share price? No. Oh, it's plummeted. It's gone. <laughs> and they just acquired a... Um, a Another pharmaceutical company that specialises in cancer treatments. Yeah, well, Cgen Pharmaceuticals, I believe, the forty-three billion dollar acquisition. Did did I see? Yeah, so fuck. That's so. Did I see that they were not only invested, obviously, in the uh, in the jab, but they were also they bought um, heart medicines, heart medicines, things that uh, they really cornered for, the market for myocarditis and pericarditis. So they were supplying something that caused it and <laughs> fixed. Look, credit where credit's due, right? I mean, it's a you, solid business yeah, plan. I mean, fuck, fuck. If you're gonna have a, yeah, the uh, darkness is that dark. Mm, but anyway, that stuff. Uh, I don't think we've seen the end of that because we've got the um, the Texas lawsuit against Pfizer. Have you seen mm, that that's going yeah, on? Yeah, the Attorney General over there. Which but I think their main argument is the. The description of it being 95% effective um, and using Safe. that. Safe. Yeah. So that's, um, they're, they're, they're pretty. I think that, that if they win this, that, that sets a pretty interesting precedent um, and what will happen going forward for that. But I tell you what, though, it's been nice. Like doing stand up, I haven't done much vaccine content at all. I think the last three gigs I did, I didn't even tell one of those jokes. Mm hmm. Um, it's nice to move away from it. And mm. again, like I said, I've, I've not spoken about it. I don't reckon for, like, really, in uh, out of the podcast, I don't think I've spoken about it for the last year or so. I don't see a need to. I, I get, I, I look at some of the things and go, yeah, I can see what's happening mm. there. But um, I'm just using this platform to ed- potentially educate people who maybe fell for it. Um, because if they can, and if they can understand that poten- either. One, they made a mistake, or two, that they acted poorly um, in response to other people's decisions to not get vaccinated. Then that's a, I that's think a win. The third aspect of it, though, is is that um, trust is broken, mm. right? And mainstream, like, who trusts anything they see in the news anymore? And information is the currency of democracy. And mm. what we have is a currency crisis. I said that numerous times on this pod. And yeah, um, the legacy of that whole era is. is a breakdown in trust in all our institutions, and mm. I don't know how it's going to recover. The, I mean, the legacy media is at, um, I think recent stats showed it's at the, the lowest form of trust it's ever it's had in history, which it's not, uh, it's not surprising considering how heavily they lent into the, to the vaccine safety stuff as well. I'm still waiting for a vaccine for the Y2K bug. Bro. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's very easy to see that the, the mainstream media in general, they're just political extensions of whichever faction they decide it's to align with. It's a fourth branch with. of government, bro. It is, yeah. So if they are, if they are like, a, you know, the vast majority of the mainstream media aligns to the left, then they'll, they'll voice that propaganda. But there will also be a small faction that also aligns to the right. There's... These independent journalists um, and independent podcasts that aren't, you know, liable to a sponsor's um, thoughts, you know, like we've been pretty frank with anyone who wants to come on as a sponsorship, um, like All Trades or anyone like that, like you don't get to dictate what we talk about, who we get on, what we say. Mm. That's something we're pretty firm on. First thing, every time someone messages us, I send it to Delby, Delby like, are they going to stop us from talking about what we want? 
That's a, that's our number one thing. But that's a currency in of itself, right? Yeah. Is that you're not going to be influenced by advertisers. Well, it's pretty easy to see that you know uh, CNN or one of these bigger. Um, well, they're not that big, actually. <laughs> really thinking about it, but Joe Rogan's got more listeners than Sam. Yeah, I, I love that one uh, where he's he's just obliterated them and said like they thought they were as big as me, and I'm ten times bigger than them. <laughs> but um, these sorts of places, you know, you know, they throw to an ad break, and it's like this this news Pfizer. is brought to you by Pfizer. Like, why would they ever talk negatively against Pfizer? And but that's just that's one example. But that's that's also the you know the narrative in wars and the narrative in what in whatever they want to push. It's always aligned to the faction of government that's pushing their narrative. But it's uh, funny. Um, I can't remember where I read it. Maybe Matt Taibbi, um, but Clinton administration, the second Clinton administration, mm-hmm. one of the first things they did was remove the prohibition on pharmaceutical advertising on television. Really? Yeah, it was one of the first orders of business in his second administration. Uh, let's, let's digress slowly. Yeah, fuck. Old Billy Clinton apparently likes him young. <laughs> Who would have thunk that the... Uh, Mate, the... Uh, the president, Billy, liked to fuck around on his wife. But look, let's say, like, I heard that say, uh, what was it, from uh, Epstein's deposition that Clinton likes some young. Yeah. And that's not a condemning statement in no. of itself, right? You talk to any 40-year-old bloke, he's like, yeah, of course I like him younger than me, right? But mm. So there's a couple of things <coughs> I take from the these, this initial leak. I don't know if there's going to be any more. I'm sure there'll be more information come out about, about all this. But all the names that were released... Everyone knew this anyway. Like, they were all released on the dark web. The whole list was done. We already knew it. So their names are no more tarnished than they were before. Everyone thought it anyway. So it's for me, I'm sort of thinking, what was one, and I haven't seen it yet, but what was happening in the background? What sort of legislation was being passed? What sort of moves were being played? I don't know. I'm going to have to have a bit of a look. But when something like that is leaked and pushed so heavily by the mainstream media as a headline story. Uh, what are to, they distracting us from? What are they distracting us from? Mm. So that's that's one thing. Second thing that I would take, the second thing I'd take from the, the Epstein list leak is, is, although it's very concerning about the sex trafficking and the, and the, the underage sex, I'm not um, undershadowing that. The, the thing that I don't think is being talked about enough is the, the leverage... And um, the leverage that they're getting from these taping these people having sex and what sort of influence that's peddling around. So these people don't just go there to have sex with underage kids. They go there to party. They have sex with people that they don't believe in the start uh, are underage. They get trapped by having sex with a 16, 17-year-old that potentially looks 18, 19. They get taped and then they get used as leverage to... Sexual blackmail. That's how the world works at that level of power, right? Exactly. So my concern, my big, my big concern in that factor, is what influence has been peddled? What, uh, what policy changes have been made and to benefit who? Mm. Like who is Epstein working for? Like who is he peddling? Everyone knows who he's working for. He's working for Mossad. Mossad. So and this is the thing. So I, I I don't know too much about that, and you, maybe you can go deeper on that because I'm interested in hearing that. But um, if Epstein was working for Mossad, is there connections with the CIA? An asset? Um, I I've read people thinking that potentially he was a CIA asset. But uh, you go down your Mossad stuff. Well, look, this is a very broad topic, and it's hard to give a, a quick Gen- summary of. But mm. basically, um, you've heard of the Five Eyes. 
intelligence arrangement? Yeah. They're six. Israel is the sixth. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an agreement struck after the Second World War um, between the CIA and Mossad because the CIA needed um, intel about the Soviet Union, right? Mm-hmm. And the Israelis were the kings of international espionage because espionage required thinking and speaking and sounding like people of a certain country to go behind enemy lines and gather information. The Americans couldn't do that. By virtue of the demographics of Israel, because a lot of them were refugees from Eastern Europe, they had that ability. Mm. And there was an agreement. There's a great book about this called The Ghost by uh, Jefferson Morley. And James Angleton, who was the, the uh, chief of counterintelligence at the CIA, there was a deal done whereby the Israelis gave the Americans human intelligence in exchange for signals intelligence. Mm. So your satellite gathering and yeah. you know, information tapping, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so there's been an arrangement at that level uh, for almost 70 years between mm. those two agencies. Um, and, you know, people go, well, that's anti-Semitic and conspiratorial. It's not. It's fact. Yeah. Right? And, you know, you can call it anti-Semitic if you like. It doesn't change the fact that it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and Ghislaine Maxwell's father was involved in, in all that sort of stuff too. Yeah. Um, and he suspiciously fell off a boat and drowned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I it's uh, I, I won't comment on it too much because I don't know overly a lot about it, but it does seem that p- there has to have been some sort of agenda and some sort of governing body that Epstein was was working for, and he he wasn't supplying intel for his own personal gain. He was already rich enough; he didn't need that. Wh- whose whose power and influence peddling was he trying to benefit? I'm I'm very interested to see where that leads because I don't think that's been asked enough. This underage sex trafficking stuff is disgusting and it obviously I think it leads to other even worse um, scenarios that potentially maybe it's that sort of rabbit hole. You start looking into that and you what can see What I want to know is though, like, what utility was there in having sexual blackmail on Stephen Hawking? <laughs> but so and he, these he participated in an orgy. Well, what's he going to do? Um, yeah, it's it's fucking. It is interesting because Naomi <sighs> Campbell was on there. Charlize Theron, John Cusack. I mean, yeah, but like, what are they? Are they tr- like? If you went down the tin hat, tin foil hat, like a couple of people you've just mentioned, very influential, like Charlize Theron. She's raising a non-binary binary child. You know, mm. um, Naomi Campbell in the world of fashion and. And and money, I guess in that but, and, you regard. Know, look, so and as much as I hate to concede this, like, I mean, I've seen the the line trotted out by the legacy press that just because you were on the plane or you went to the island doesn't mean you yeah. did anything untoward. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like being represented by token management in in this country. I mean, it doesn't mean you rape someone and that your agency paid some hush money to keep the victims quiet with a non disclosure agreement. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just it it looks bad. It's bad optics. And yeah. I think there were some people who were there just probably as you know, a bit of extra baggage, you know, to make it look like it was all legit mm. uh, and just a big party when the, the specific targets were um, already identified. Yeah. Oh, yeah, potentially. And then also, I guess, um, another avenue is, is you know, some of these people were flown there to leverage and didn't fall for the trap and went, no, fuck no. I'm just impressed they had disabled access on Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. built a ramp for that fucking temple of oh, bro. depravity. Yeah. Um, would but have yeah. been good fun though, being Jeffrey. I mean, what a power couple Jeffrey oh. and Ghislaine were. It's just like imagine that. It's like you're flying around the world, you're compromising world leaders, mm. having a jolly old time. His, his sort of like um, 
uprisings, very mysterious. It sort of comes from nowhere, which does suggest to me that like a CIA, Mossad sort of asset where they're using him to, to get intel. Like you can understand what's, what, sort of, what sort of leverage at the end of the day could Prince Andrew possibly actually push, but then potentially all it is is access to intelligence. Maybe that's as simple so, as it is. Well, Andrew, we've got this footage of you fucking a 16-year-old girl, bro. You're going to have to lean on your mum. Yeah. Uh, we need something done. Yeah. Oh, mummy, I've got this bad news to tell you. There's a video of me <laughs> going down on a 16-year-old girl and we need the royal family to go and do a, a statement and a, and a public presentation <laughs> on behalf of some friends. Would you be all right with that? A hundred percent. And this is the thing, like, and that, and again, goes back to what I'm most concerned about is is not, my, not most concerned because obviously the sex abuse and the sex stuff is is pretty concerning. But the, the fact that, like, what has been influenced because of this. Because yeah, they are well. some pretty powerful people. Bill Clinton. Like that's a he was president of the fucking United States. Well, I tell you what, bro, last year I got an offer to fly to Rotto for Levers mm. and I turned it down. I knew what was going <laughs> on. So, mate, I I will not be going down to Pinky's Beach. I know how many GoPros are in those tunes. And it's the same like with the current president, obviously not with uh um the the island and, and sex trafficking, but he is clearly compromised um, and being leveraged. So again, you have to um, you have to ask yourself if if someone's being clearly compromised, clearly pre- uh, leveraged to make policy changes as the president of the United States at the time he was the vice president. But you know he's still president now. You know he's still under the under the what would you call it under the. Uh, Thumb. Direction, yeah, of of whoever's. Oh, look, the truth is, bro, we'll, we'll, we'll never know, really. Mm. I mean, what was done in exchange for you know not disclosing certain information and mm. what threats or representations were made, we'll never know. We're just fucking two cis heteronormative white guys talking on a pod. Well, yeah, exactly, and we we, we know we know that, um, and I think we can say clearly uh, that he was leveraged to get the. Uh, Prosecutor fired in in the Ukraine who was looking into um, the elect- uh, the energy company that his um, son was working for um, and doing some pretty shady shit. And what if was the name of that company it started with B or something, didn't uh, it? B- Burisma. Burisma. That's Burisma. Right. So Burisma and um, rhymes with charisma. <laughs> and uh, you know um, those sorts of things, and then installing their own sort of prosecutor. Ukraine in itself is a fucking interesting topic, and I don't know where it's at at the moment. I've, I've again, I've not really kept the breast of it. I don't know if you have um, what's going on with that. But, but prior to this war, it was just very openly understood that it's the most corrupt country on the planet. Well, the International Consortium of Journalists did a story. I think it was two thousand and fourteen mm. about the number of politicians with the most offshore holdings <laughs> in the Cayman Islands. Ukraine was the top of the list. Yeah. Had double the amount of Russia. Mm. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, been a money pit and, you know, giant money laundering exercise and a feeding frenzy for defence contractors who've poured untold billions of dollars into uh, Ukraine with weapons and, And you know, for what? I mean, they can't win. Yeah, it's uh, for democracy. <laughs> for democracy, for a fucking country that was basically run under dictatorship and still is. Well, like, and has, has he cancelled? He cancelled the elections, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I had a big number of 
neo-Nazis yeah. who have been a whole Azov battalion. Mm. Uh, and you see the federal government this week just passed legislation to make it illegal to do the uh, the Nazi salute. In really? Mm-hmm. What, in public? It like, like for, for example, like yeah, in so Australia? I mean, you can be there, you can be there, but don't be at 11 o'clock, bro. Well, Squirrely's fucked then. Because yeah. have you watched him perform? No. He's constantly like... Oh, fuck it. That's how he's, he's, he does that. Yeah, well, he gets his hand like that. I'm a fucking... Ah, he does it constantly. I've got a new bit for my show that does it at the end, you know, and it's just, and it's just a bit. It's just yeah. a joke. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I don't even think there's an exemption for creative purposes in wow. that legislation because the Book of Mormon, yeah, right, um, has a part where Hitler comes to the stage and there's a number of salutes that take place. Are we going to charge the actors in the Book of Mormon with breaching the federal legislation for doing the salute? Wow. I mean, not yeah. The fucking Book of Moron, the federal government should be called, but... Yeah. No, it's uh, bizarre times, bro. And I don't think you can outlaw people doing things like that because it just encourages miscreants and reprobates like me who are just like, fuck, this would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, I think when you see this sort of... Um, Almost, almost communist-like sort of um, ruling. I won't go that far, but you know, bordering on setting these rules where there is no freedom to for for mistakes. There's no there's no freedom at all. You start to see what we're seeing, and maybe we can talk about this a bit more. The like the protests that we're seeing around Germany, France, like Netherlands, Netherlands specifically, like, um, and it's working, uh, mm. but. I think the people there's a total media blackout on on these protests, yeah, and they're fucking immense. The Australian press has been completely silent on it. Why? And this is like, I saw footage of the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin and like thousands of tractors. Yeah, I mean, seventy years ago there would have been tanks, but yeah. <laughs> just yeah, tractors, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, in France, the farmers are spraying shit all over government buildings, mm. um, and it's all about you know having their subsidies cut. Mm. Uh, and and, and there, there goes a bit of that sort of money that, I mean, it's not – well, Germany's probably supplying a fair bit of money as well. Um, and their dependence on Russia for, for oil is probably not helping the situation. But, well, um, the Nord Stream's been cut off. <laughs> oh, no gas. Who did that, Who by did, the way? Oh, yeah, very – the legacy media would tell you it was Russia did it themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, – Putin was freediving. Yeah, but these, this is what happens when people are, are – Put into desperate times, they'll they'll rebel and they, they can see it. But the subsidies, for example, being taken away, that money that they've directed to the Ukraine needlessly and laundered. Let's be honest, laundered uh, a lot of it uh, could have been directed to helping the subsidies, like the, for America, for example. Like these are the the farmers that could be getting help to create locally sourced food that's healthy and not fucking imported. It's not. Um, it's not processed food. We're like, you know, food, processed food is, I think I read a damning stat on that the other day and I'm not going to get it wrong, but it was one of the top causes of death on the planet. Processed food because of the health implications. Like, like it seems we should be putting more money into the subsidies to help these farmers grow locally sourced fruit and vegetables and um, and less worried about some other fucking corrupt country's conflict, um, maybe just don't put them in fucking NATO like they were asked to to begin with. 
Yeah. Uh, well, look, I mean, historians go and uh, exhume that whole sordid story. I think they'll be scathing on not just the Americans, but the American satellite states of Germany, mm. Australia. I mean, how much money did we pour in? Western yeah. Australia poured money in as, as a state economy, yeah. not as a federal economy, as a state economy. What businesses does Western Australia have donating to the foreign aid of Ukraine? Mm. But you know what? No one was happier about the Ukraine war than Australian farmers. Yeah, all that wheat that got taken off the market for in Ukraine, and Australian farmers like had bumper seasons, good grain prices, and mm. good on them. Hard work being a farmer. Mm. Yeah, a couple of. I tell you what, you wouldn't know there's a fucking cost of living crisis on down south, though, mate. Yeah, as you go down there, there's brand new two hundred series land cruisers. <laughs> the wineries and breweries are filled to the fucking brim. Yeah, actually, uh, a couple of my mates are farmers, and they've had. Pretty good couple of years, actually. Good yeah. crops as well. Yeah. But, yeah, it, uh, I, honestly, I think there's an attack on our food, um, and that has been for the last 20 or 30 years. You see the likes of Bill Gates who wants to just buy up all the land and then, you know, I don't understand when you look at someone someone like him, and I'm, I'm going to body shame him, someone like him lecturing us on health. Um, Doesn't look healthy, does he? He looks very sickly. Have you seen the pictures of him with, you know, like he's fat. He's a fucking, he's got, like, he looks pregnant. He's got a big fucking gut. And like, how is someone like that, how dare someone like that lecture someone, I'm not saying I'm a, an epitome of health, but like. You're in pretty good I'm Nick in pretty though, good Rance. Nick. Like, wh- how dare someone like that lecture me on my health? Mm. And this is the thing, like, um, the the irony that I, I seen the other day in, in uh, wanting us to have a, a freedom of autonomy to choose what we do with our body in regards to, you know, the trans movement and, and that sort of stuff, but not have a freedom of autonomy to choose what we eat and mm. what what sort of vaccinations and medications we put in our body. That's the biggest, that's the funniest, that's probably the, the, the most comical part of the last two to three years to see both of those uh, narratives play out at the exact oh, same time. We live in the era of peak irony, don't we? And... It's one of the hallmarks of good minds is an appreciation for irony. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I think it was Weinstein yesterday on, or a couple of days ago on Tucker when he just said we are living in a, a world that does not make sense and nothing is being done about it. No. And I mean, we're, we're seeing it play out in front of us. On, on, on a macro level and a micro level too. I mean, on a micro level, I think I did this joke at... Um, I didn't do it at the Harjans gig, but there's a comedian I don't like. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's a bulimic and got a TV show on a network called Binge. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at a book. Just get vaccinated. <laughs> Guy, it's the most interesting thing about me. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's funny. Um, thanks again, actually, for coming on the. Hardy Arns Christmas special. It's good fun, Mate, man. Mate, fucking... Have I got a story about that night? Yeah. So, afterwards, you know, had a few beers. I ran into a few of the boys. Used to play footy with down at Bass and Dane and mm-hmm. had a skinful. And uh, I was like, all right. We all did. <laughs> time to go, Corey. And uh, walking down the street, couldn't get an Uber. Mm-hmm. Sat down, exasperated. And uh, this woman winds down her window in the car. She said, excuse me. Are you a Christian? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. You look like she Jesus. Because <laughs> you look like Jesus. And I think the <laughs> Lord is telling me to give you a lift home. Do you need a ride? I Fuck was like, off. Yeah, I do. She's like, jump in. 
And I was just like, fucking hey. And then I got in the car. I was like, fuck, this could be like a Christian Catherine Burney or something. Oh you know, look in the back seat. There's yeah, no yeah. one there with a fucking saw. I was like, sweet. <laughs> um, she was so lovely. And she drove me home. And now she's messaging me, trying to recruit me to come down to her church. Of course. But um, I look <laughs> at it. And I got a friend on the far right. Uh, who's religious and I uh, ran it by him. He's like, they look a little bit Hillsongy, mate. Stay away from Hillsong. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. So recently, obviously, we've been diving into some a bit more esoteric and spiritual, and uh, the universe has come up a lot in our 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 podcasts. And for lack of a better word, God. And as soon as you delve into that area at all <laughs> especially in the comment section you'll hear you'll get all these people really preaching god and and for me god is uh, we call it like me and delby we call it the universe like that's our our thoughts that's our own personal thoughts um i honestly personally believe the the word god has been hijacked by dogmatic religion to serve men's egos and greed well you could be god branchy because they say god is a comedian playing to an audience where no one's laughing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, people laugh when they watch me. Actually, not on New Year's Eve. I bombed. Did you? I bombed hard. It was actually it was tough. It was tough room. Um, very tough room. The boys eventually wrestled it round, and then the break came in. Delby played a couple of games before they brought me up, and it wasn't a very great setup. And so blame the MC. That's what uh, I hear. Yeah, he I'll, didn't preheat the I'll, oven. Uh, no, he did. He did pretty well. He got he got it okay. Um, I just. Uh, Potentially too many dick jokes for the night, and like it just wore thin. Like it's first, I haven't bombed bombed for a while, so it was a good level. It's good to have a bomb now and then. It fucking keeps you humble. But going back to what you were saying about God Mm. and spirituality, I mean, you see on on the dating apps, people say you know uh, spiritual but not religious, and you know people not conforming to institutional religion. And um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a comedian in the States the other day, and, you know, we both sort of started our careers as, I guess, left-wing atheists. Yeah. And now, 10 years down the track, more, we're probably closer to right-wing Catholics yeah. than anything. It's and it's like, when you realise the scale of what you're up against, mm. it's like you need something to believe in, a higher power. It's just like, you know, that St. Peter's going to grant me entrance and mm. go, you know, mate, you, you know, you did some shit, but by and large, you're a pretty good bloke. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, I had an experience with some psychedelics that, you know, made me 100% confident in a higher power. 100%. It's, it's 100%. incredible how that does that, doesn't it? It just mm. changes shit. You, it's, not the, it's not a trip. You're like, oh, no, I've, I can see there's something more. I don't know what – I'm not going to pretend to understand what it is, but there's something. Mm. It's and it, almost, it, it defies articulation, some of those experiences, you know. Mm. It's, it's a, a deeply mystical and, and profound experience and – not for everyone, no. um, but yeah, but some people find um, religion without it. But I don't think I would have considered myself spiritual had I not had that experience mm. and some of the subsequent experiences I've had without psychedelics thereafter. Mm. Yeah, um, exact, exact same. That's the oh, I would have started out as this sort of coming into early adult life as a. Yeah, lefty. Like some of my couple of mates who were in politics at footy clubs would call me a lefty, uh, which is interesting because those roles have swapped, uh, I guess, mm. in that The regard. left is now what the old right used to be yeah. and vice versa. But they'd call me a lefty fucking hippie, always like a social justice warrior sort of self. But they'd call me a lefty and I, and I was very clearly an atheist, did not believe in religion, in God. I thought it was laughable. Now I'm, um, I'm the other way, not necessarily in a dogmatic religion like a christianity or a 
a certain specific faith, I think they all have their benefits and their um, yeah, the good lessons and and teachings. But I think honestly, I think those dogmatic religions have been hijacked by, like mm. I said, because I grew ego. up going to you know religious schools, mm. and it's kind of forced down your throat there. But I mean, the teachings of Jesus, I've got all the time in the world for, mate. Incredible, you know, like, yeah. Be good to your neighbours. Mm. Um, it's just basic common decency. Yeah. And I think for in finding that sort of stuff, I've started to stumble across um, things that at a time I thought they were very woo-woo-y, spiritual fucking mumbo-jumbo things to do. For example, journaling. Um, and I don't do journaling for magic or fucking manifestation. It's I for do posterity, it. to look back on and <sighs> see it change in a trajectory and a it, development. It was. Ex- that's exactly what it's for. And I've found it's been incredibly beneficial for the last month or so that I've been doing it. Uh, regarding, um, yeah, just the production of my day, learning from potential mistakes I made the day prior. How can I better myself in the in the next couple of days? Where am I going? Um, and of all the people that got me into something like that, um, and this is going to ruffle some feathers, this was listening to Andrew Tate talk about it and stoicism and being stoic. And I was interested about in stoicism already prior to that. Um, Bit of Astra Seneca, mate. <laughs> yeah. So I quoted Seneca the other day um, uh, that we often uh, – I can't remember. It was in uh, – we often play things out in our minds. Um, so it was one of those sorts of quotes about worrying about something that's not there. And Seneca – I was reading some Seneca quotes and Marcus Aurelius quotes and and all of them were talking about journaling at some point. And I was like, fuck, these are some of the greatest minds of our of, – of, of, in history. Yeah. Timeless and th- wisdom. And they're talking about journaling their thoughts every single day to keep themselves on a path. Like, why the fuck would not be doing that? The greatest minds of our sh- of, of his- mm. in history. Um, and, yeah, stoicism seems to be one of those things that now that someone like a Tate or a, a couple of other people, like a, a Jordan Peterson might touch on, on it, it now has become a far-right thing to do. Oh, you can't be stoic. Can't mm. be fucking. You can't have uh, temperance and 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 uh, you know delayed be, gratification. This is yeah, like oh, that's a that's a Andrew terrible. Tate's thing. such an interesting character for mine, I man, because I hate his toxic materialism and that hyper materialism and yeah. the obsession with property and mm-hmm. um, acquisition. But like all good propaganda, there's large kernels of truth in what he has to say. And mm. I think that, you know, uh, what's the Nietzsche quote? All truths that remain silent eventually mm. become poisonous. Yeah. For so long, men were told that you are the problem in this culture. There is no room for you to help or try and fix things that have been done by your forebears. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Clementine Fords of the world dominated the cultural conversation for so long. Mm. And then it was repressed and it's sprung out like an erection at a funeral. And you've got someone like Andrew Tate who's their shirt off, hyper-masculine, mm. talking about, you know, women like their property and, you know. It's interesting because, like, that materialism side of him that you've just it's repugnant. I, I don't like it either. And then because I think it becomes un... It's not like uh, it's, it's well, maybe it's authentic because he talks about these stoic principles and then he's got all that. But then potentially, and I'd be interested. I'd love to have him on Zoom as a chat. Like it'd be an incredible chat to just get into the mind of what he's actually thinking. You wouldn't get a word in though. He dominates a conversation. He takes it over. He hijacks it, and he's very aggressive in. That's that true. Rhetoric. But I'd be very interested to know whether that materialism side of him is just as a tactic to get to the youth as an inspiration of what you can get. 
I'm interested. Yeah. I wouldn't put it yeah. past him no, as a tactic. He's very calculated, man. Yeah. And he's Muslim too, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm just interested. I'm not I, I'm not saying maybe he's just fucking ego driven as well. Maybe he just loves fucking bitches and, and fast cars. Does seem very ego driven as an individual. Exactly. But you know, like I just I, I would be interested to know because yeah, some of the things he's he's said of late because I didn't pay attention to anything of his. In the you know prior to this whole everything going on about him, and I was like, well, let's have a look in it. People hate him that much. Maybe there's something, but also <laughs> maybe when, something to when it. When there's that much hatred for someone, I mean, I experienced this on a micro level in this town, right? Yeah. Like, when there's that much hatred for you, it means you are pushing the right buttons on some people. Exactly. Um, Which is in the end of the day why I end up looking into some of his stuff, and then I listen to his content, especially the long form content, and went. Phew, this guy's pretty good. Mm. He's got some very interesting thoughts. Some of it... <laughs> Did you bring that up when you're chatting up a bird, though? Andrew Tate, nothing makes a pussy go drier quicker than the name Andrew Tate. It does. Poof. Um, it's like it. saying the name Clementine Ford to kill an erection. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the, 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 the uprising of that sort of... Oh, look, I'm seeing a lot, a lot most people who listen to his stuff and content. Same with Jordan Peterson, who's apparently a fucking horrible influence on our generation of men. I'm seeing nothing but benefits from the people who listen to those. Like, now, Jordan's probably delving into some areas that he doesn't need to delve into. Stick to your psychological yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, when he's in the geopolitics game and yeah. he's there with uh, Bibi Netanyahu and Ben Shapiro yeah. doing Passover. It's like, come on, stay in your lane, bro. Yeah. Stick to the psychology. We don't want to hear you talk about fucking the two-state solution. A hundred percent. And then, like, it's quite ironic we say that because we talk about everything and we don't have a, a lane, but we're just... Socially commentating. I guess you could argue that he's socially commentating, but yeah. But regardless, he like something as simple as making your bed. That I still do that when he from when I've heard him say that. I've never made my bed. So and his idea was that you know if you can't make your bed, how can you organise the rest of your life? And I I I don't necessarily believe that to be true, but I just that's my one little thing. Like get it done, get that bed made. And that's one thing I took from him. I've taken a lot from Jordan Peterson. I've looked at a lot of Jordan Peterson and gone, eh, I didn't really like that. But I think you should look like that with everyone. But you don't have to agree with 100% of the things that someone says for them to be a relevant, mm. useful yeah. person or have things to say that are relevant. Um, but, you know, the, the hatred that was unfairly thrown at Jordan Peterson, I thought was... Pretty horrific, and people go, "Oh, he's a benzo head." But it's like, mate, you be the focal point for that much hatred around the world when all he was trying to do was make people's lives better, particularly men's. Mm. Um, and there's a generation of young men who, like you say, owe their self improvement because of the messages they heard from him, mm. and he stopped young men killing themselves. And if that's not a fucking good thing, mm. tell me what is. Yeah, yeah. And I just, uh, I think people. And I don't like to sound like this because I don't think all women are like this. I don't like to sound like this misogynist sort of guy and it, this might come off that way. But I I do see it with a lot of... A lot of... Fuck, I need to word this correctly because I don't want to come off across this way. But I, I see they align with it because of, of a hating on him, specifically because other women do and they think it's a thing they need it's to stick it's a herd mentality right yes. it's like they're deferring their opinions yeah. to someone like Clementine Ford who signalled him out as a toxic influence mm. um, and I was guilty of it in my younger days as well I mean I wrote Jordan Peterson off 
uh, you know, 10 years ago because I deferred my thinking to someone who I thought was, was smarter than me. Mm. Uh, and then when I got around and had a look at it, I was like, well, actually, that person is not smarter than me. I don't have a problem with what he yeah. said here. Um, but also I think, you know, women find it particularly threatening because it undermines the cultural power they've assumed in the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, the, the sanctification of women agenda that's gone on in the last 10 years and portrayal of women as somehow above being yeah. um, flawed individuals is ridiculous because everyone is flawed, whether you're male, female or transgender or non-binary. Yeah. Well, non-binary has got more flaws than others, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, I think um, if you if you align yourself with a, a side without any room to no wiggle room, um, and you're rigid in your ideas, um, that that person's right on every single thing, mm. yeah, you're going down a wrong path. I definitely have also aligned myself with people and gone, ah, Jordan Peterson's one of the Jordan Peterson's probably one of those people where I've gone, fuck, you know what? I actually agree, and I'll try and regurgitate information that he said, and and not with a full understanding of what he's talking about. And then sometimes I'll have a thought, and this is why I think it's very important to be your authentic self and speak your truths and speak at what you actually are feeling at the time, because uh, either one you're going to be proven to be wrong, and then you can learn from that mistake, or you're going to say something that people agree with and actually make, has a lot of meaning. And so there's sometimes where I've seen a clip on. TikTok or YouTube or fucking whatever and gone, I have always felt like that and I've never said that. Why have I not? Now if I say it, I'm just that person repeating what that person said. Yeah. And I think that's why if I was to say something and it's incorrect, maybe it's you do have to be careful when you've got a platform now. Well, look, but someone you know can educate you. There's no shame in admitting that you were wrong. I think it shows a depth of character to mm. be able to admit you're wrong. And this is going back to the COVID thing, right? Most people can't admit that they were wrong. The, the ego won't allow for it. Uh, but I think it shows a depth of character and a control of your mind when you're able to go, you know, what? Well, hey, I was wrong there, own up. Because it, may, it helps you maintain your credibility and yeah. your authenticity because no one's right 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Have you... Um, is there anything you remember admitting you were wrong? Do you remember? It's a hard one. Um, it's hard on the top of your head as well. Oh, look, in personal relationships, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like with, a, with the next partner, I was I was wrong about some things. Yeah. Um, admitted I was wrong. Mm. Didn't help me. I yeah. was constantly reminded of it. <laughs> but no, look, um, look, certainly in the last two years, like particularly with the vaccine stuff, I think I was probably overly harsh on some people mm. and a little bit too savage. Yeah, when you know you can catch more flies with honey, but also that was a pretty insane time, and you know yeah. people were saying you should be excluded from society forever mm. indefinitely, and I guess it was hard to be um, conciliatory when you were being met with such hostility. <sighs> and if I had my time again, I probably would have been a little bit more soft. But look, sometimes the sledgehammer is required, and. Mm. That was one of those times when the sledgehammer was required and I probably could have used a scalpel instead yeah. of a sledgehammer at times. Well, and I'll definitely admit that over the last two or three years, I think I handled myself pretty well. But there were times where I would have been reactive, impulsive, 
and then regretted how I acted because I was just acting the way I hated. Mm. <laughs> what I, well, I was you seeing know, it you, is a you mirror. You fight fire with fire, right? And yeah. if you come to the table with that energy, you get met with that sort mm. of energy. And, and it's not often, but like if I was, I was going through a hard time at times. So if you sometimes you just need that one bad thing, like someone to cut you off in traffic or whatever. Like, it's funny though. Like you can, it's the little things that'll set you off. Mm. You know, like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like yeah. I'll be walking the aisles at, at the shops, and it's like I can't figure out what I want to buy for dinner, and I'll have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> you know, because what fucking pasta do I want? Oh, <laughs> mate, stop crying. Yeah, no, I've definitely um, like there was at one point um. I yelled at Scotty, and I don't yell at Scotty very often. I'm pretty like pretty conscious at like at how I discipline Scotty and when I do. And um, I remember, fuck, I, I can't even remember the situation. I, I actually one happened. Uh, she knocked off a pot plant, smashed, and went everywhere. Um, it was an accident. It wasn't her fault. She wasn't even being silly. It was just a complete accident. And I fucking went off. Oh, Scotty, what the fuck are you doing? Like I had a bad day or something like that. And the fear in her face mm. for an accident, and I yeah. had, to, and I sent, I'd sent her to a room, and then I fucking caught myself and went, "Oh, mate, you've yeah. you've had a bad day, and yeah, it's not great. But She's also, knocked a pot plant, it's smashed, it's gone all over the floor. You've got to clean it up." But it's easy to forget. I mean, I can remember that growing up with my parents. You know, like they mm. were under a lot of stress. Yeah, and you know, inadvertently, you could do something to set them off, and mm. you know, I can remember. You know, both my parents coming to me after, you know, a blow up and going, look, sorry, overacted, whatever, I love you, you mm. know, having a hug and, and getting over it. Yeah. But I think that's also an important skill, right, is to be able to make amends when you've had those moments mm. and, and identify it and remedy it quickly because the longer you let it fester, the harder it becomes. 100%. Oh, I went straight into her bedroom and I, re- I apologised for yelling and, and I said, um, Daddy was angry and he took it out on you. Um, it's okay. It's just an accident. Um, and then I asked her, "Do you want to come and help me clean it up?" And like we we made a bit of a fun out of it and a bit of a game out of it. So I try like, and that's just one example of of. And then unfortunately, it was to my daughter. But like, you can Next react. Thing like you that's know, DCP is going to be knocking <laughs> your door, bro. But uh, you know, you get the moments with like social media when you get in a riff and you want to bite. And yeah, I I, I I definitely over the last two or three years, I've gone. Fuck, that was very, oh, I hate this word, toxic. Mm. Was, you didn't have to talk like that. Yeah. You were baiting and, that person. And, yeah, look, that's one thing I, you know, do look back on at times and go, yeah, um, toxic. Uh, you know, I said some things to some people which, in hindsight, I probably mm. regret. And yeah. Maybe I should apologise about. It's always It always helps. Um uh, and of all things, psychedelics took me to that place where I had to forgive and apologise for And I think it's a roles. really important thing, right, is forgiveness. Mm. You know, because I talked about that in, in my show last year. You know, where do we go from here? And, you know, rack my brain thinking about this. And it, it's forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean forgetting. No. But um, it's a very powerful thing. And um, in my own life, I've learned that the hardest person to forgive is not others but yourself. To forgive mm. yourself is the hardest thing. Oh yes, well, I Corey, I forgive you. It was um, it was interesting because I I I sent this to uh to Delby. I always send Delby little clips that come up and on my little scroll through. And it was um, to move on and be successful, you need to forgive these four people. And the first one was your parents. 
for your upbringing or any sort of lessons or you know failings that they ha- they had given or they sorry um, they had imparted on you. Uh, the second was those around you um, for uh, for the way you'd treated them and the way they'd treated you and the and and the situation it was. Uh, the third one was fuck I can't remember. Shouldn't have even gone down the path. I can't remember. But the final one was yourself. Mm. Um, and it is always the hardest one is to forgive yourself for any mistakes that you've made. And um, that was the single greatest benefit I got from psychedelics. Yeah, because I carried an enormous amount of guilt about my mum dying. Yeah, um, and I carried it for years, and I'll never forget the experience. Um, was on the back lawn and like I had this like convulsion type thing. Yeah, it just like yeah. ripped through the center of my body, and this giant blue cloud came out of like my chest yeah. and just dissipated into the ether. Yeah. I just remember feeling like the universe had forgiven me. Yeah. You know? It was like this enormous weight had been taken off my shoulders. And mm. It is incredible. That moment of forgiveness for yourself, for those of those around you, um, giving them compassion and understanding for, for potentially why they acted the way they did. Um, and giving yourself compassion for understanding, you know, why you acted the way you did. And that's why I got time for the Christians, right? Is because they believe in that concept of forgiveness. Mm. Um, but then there's the whole argument, is everything forgivable? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a really, <clears throat> that's a tough one because you look at something like child abuse and you're like, okay, can you move past this? Can you understand what brought them to that point? Where but that's the key that? word, right? Understanding is more important than blame. Mm. Um, and I remember when I was practicing law, you know, like you get a fucking a kitty fitter or whatever, like you know, okay, yeah, that person, they're fucking horrific, repugnant human being. Yeah. But the more interesting question to me is what happened to that person to make them who they are now. Yeah. That's the more salient question, and that doesn't mean that. You know, okay, you forget what that person has done mm. or it completely mitigates what that person's done. But I think understanding is more important than blame because if you can understand it, then you can avoid it in the future. Yes. And the, as you famously said on our podcast, to understand Putin's actions is not to condone them. Yeah, right. Um, it, it and is. that gets conflated all the time. To understand is to not condone. And yeah, uh, I got all the time in the world for people who practice forgiveness. I've been the beneficiary of forgiveness in my life mm-hmm. and I should probably forgive some people yeah. in my own. Yeah, I, I think that's a, um, I think it's always quite a growing. It's a, it's a moment of growth when you, can under, when you can forgive the people around you that have wronged you, specifically if it was a, a bad one. I've, even, I've forgiven some of the, uh, the, the hardest things that have happened to me. Um, and claimed responsibility for creating conditions that resulted in those sorts of things happening to me as well. So I think um, uh, that's quite empowering as well, claiming responsibility for creating the conditions that, that resulted in you it being takes treated two that way. To tango, the old adage, doesn't it? Yeah. But, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, forgiveness is uh, something, potentially that's something we should push more when it comes to, like, the, the vaccine and the way we were treated and, and, um, and yeah, uh, even... Um, I see this year is going to be a very interesting year to see how I handle myself in these situations. Like people like yourself who are in these sorts of fields who like to comment on what's going on in the world. Um, 
you know, uh, the Israel-Palestine stuff is very, it's on a knife's edge, you know, it's it's hard. You're not allowed to condone what one side's doing with... Or understand, right. And that's the other classic example, right? I mean, people go, well, you know, to understand Hamas is to condone. And it's... Mm. Um, it's yeah. it's a very messy thing, and I, I don't like this this idea that Israel can do no wrong, and everything their reaction is justified because of what's being done to them. And I don't like the the reaction that Hamas has had. But like, for me to have this nuanced discussion and say like, yeah, there's a bit more to it. But see, this you're is not the allowed problem. to have that. There's no currency in nuance on the internet no. to walk a middle ground. Right, because what gets currency on the internet is is polarization, extreme. So, and this is where I want to take the podcast this year, is I want to go the middle ground and have nuanced discussion. I want to be, if even if that means going backwards with our popularity, because you know you'll get right leaning sort of people. You'll get um, that style, of, uh, you know, that genre of person leaning towards oh listening man, to us. I get it all the time. It's like people, oh no, Corey's too left wing for me, or Corey's too right wing for me. Yes. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not either of those things, right? I'm politically homeless, and you know, like I said, to to walk the middle ground of nuance is much more difficult. It's easy to pick a team. Mm. Right. So that's why I think. Uh, f- like that's where we take the pod this year. It's going to be all about that middle ground, understanding viewpoints from both sides. We've been pretty good in that respect, but we definitely leaned in a certain way. But I'm far more open to having some conversations with people who I heavily disagree with and being turned around. But see, know. this is the thing I learned um, when I went through the fringe debacle in 2021 being cancelled is that the people who were afraid to sit down and have a discussion are worried that they are wrong. Mm. And the problem is is that you can't negotiate in good faith with a bad religion. And so many of these people have a bad religion in, in effect. And, you know, um, you want to be able to sit down at the table and, and have a discussion. And I don't think anything is that bad where you can't sit down and have a chat about it. The fear that I've, I've got on a broader scale is if you're ever, ever to apologise for something, and I've done that before where I've apologised for certain things, and then it's been thrown in my face instead of like, thank you for your apology. In relationships? Uh, it's the worst. Well, it, this wasn't a relationship. This was a, a, a friendship. But it was, um, yeah, it was, this was a while ago. But it was uh, like I, I apologise for something that um, you really, in the grand scheme of things, I probably wasn't to blame, but I took responsibility and accountability because um, it was going to affect some other stuff long term. Uh, for everyone else around. So I took accountability and instead of like, yeah, you know, I acted a certain way as well, I shouldn't have done this, I got a, no, nah. <laughs> you know, if it was up to me, you know, this would be, I don't want to say too much about it because uh, mm. it would give away what the situation was, but um, if it was up to me, it wouldn't be blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I'm like, fucking hell, okay, cool. I was, I thought I was admirable. I thought I was being... Um, Gracious and and kind, and you've just thrown it in my face, and I had to show face for the next couple of months as well, and just be kind, yes, yeah, to these pride. people, um, and swallow their pride for the greater good of a few for people. Peace. I don't have to see that person anymore, uh, thankfully. But like, yeah, it was pretty tough. One thing I encountered with um, being forgiven in my life was, yeah, having it constantly thrown back in your face whenever. You know, an argument was started up, and, and that's not forgiveness. Mm. That's fake forgiveness. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and potentially maybe that's all it was. Maybe I was inauthentic. Maybe I was inauthentic. Maybe I was just saying it for the sake of saying it. 
So look at us self-reflecting. I know. Like toxic <laughs> life, <man. laughs> but uh, it's been a good little chat, mate. Actually, uh, let's finish on a few little um, predictions for this year. If, I don't know if you've got any. Um, it's it's going to be a very interesting year with an election year. I always, I always think the election seems to be a good, a good. It's not good, but. Well, yeah, what did I say at the beginning of 2022? I think it was uh, a cycle of inflation and war. Yes, you got it pretty right. <laughs> um, I heard some scuttlebutt mm-hmm. at dinner mm-hmm. over the weekend that we can expect blackouts, mm. power shortages in the grids, problems mm-hmm. with that uh, nature here. Uh but on a bigger level, I mean, for history makes an asshole out of people who make predictions. Yeah. Except me in the last 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> I want to... Uh, uh, I haven't watched the movie uh, Leave the World Behind, but I've heard some interesting... Because I, I do like the whole... Um, the conspiracy theory side of things that people like the elites will put out what they're gonna what's gonna happen in the world. I love buying into those. They're fun. It's fun conspiracy sometimes for me. Um, but there's been a lot pointing towards cyber attacks and um, and yeah, internet power outages. I've been hearing a lot on the winds. Well, look. Um it's happened in Lebanon, right? The power and the, you know who's been fucking killing it on the black market is people selling electricity. So you've got generators, mm. uh, and if I had the money, I would go out and buy a shitload of generators mm. and be sitting on them for a rainy day. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, any uh, any yeah. So any predictions? Uh, the election? Do you know much about that? Who you think and? Well, I mean, I think Colorado and Maine have taken Trump off the ballots. I think Colorado, he got reinstated. I think it got thrown out. Uh, Look, if Sportsbet were offering me odds, I would have 50 bucks on some form of civil war in the United States after the election in November. Mm. I don't think either side will accept accept the legitimacy of whoever wins. Mm. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I mean... I just find it interesting that the last two elections have been both um, the legitimacy has been publicly um, and very vocally challenged by both sides. Um, but only one side has been indicted for it. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the fact that the law has been a political weapon in the Western world now has been out in the open for some time. Mm. Um, but... Um, Digressing slightly, uh, John Pilger died on the 29th of December. Okay. One of the greatest of Australian journalists, uh, great friend of Julian Assange and um, enemy of uh, American imperial interests and absolute weapon of a man. And if you've got time to go and watch his body of work, made a number of great documentaries over the years. Wow. Um, Very sad to lose John Pilger at 84, but 84... Yeah, for an investigative journalist, is a very good innings. Is there uh, much on the horizon for? Yeah, that's for Julian. Say, for Julian, yeah, that you know. Yeah, of. well, look, I mean, Anthony Albanese said that he was going to get him home, but I think the Americans reminded Anthony Albanese that, hey, boy, <laughs> this is just a colony. We make the fucking rules here, not you. It's interesting. I seen Robert Kennedy said the first thing he'd do the, the first day he would um, 
He'd, uh, Make an executive order. Yep, with Assange and Edward Snowden, mm-hmm. which um, is an interesting thing. To, like that's a that's a statement, you know. That's a statement. That's not a that's not a political. That's not a policy change. That's nothing. That is, I'm showing that there is uh, room for truth. It's mm. an interesting play that that's the first thing he would do. Is yeah. No, and you know, I think that would be an, an incredible thing. It would be a Mandela type moment if Julian Assange was free. I mean, I think Mandela spent twenty six years mm. in prison. I don't think Julian's quite there, but no. um, yeah, that, I mean, it's the greatest injustice of our lifetime. What's happened to Julian Assange and the fact that the Australian government has abandoned him, the Australian media establishment has abandoned him, mm. uh, and all those media outlets that profited so much and used all that information to sell their own newspapers and the fact that they're not in in the cells with him Mm. is a travesty and if anthony albanese had any balls he would stand up to the americans and say no there'll be no more submarine deals there'll be no fuck all Mm. until julian assange comes home but who knows maybe anthony albanese's been to epstein's island as well and (laughs) he's compromised and there's a there's a sex tape of him uh Shagging a young Rabbitohs fan. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I just... Well, uh, oh, and here's my other prediction. Jerry Seinfeld's on the Epstein list. You, that's your prediction? That's my prediction. Jerry Seinfeld. Any, any reason behind that? You're just chucking it out there? Just chucking it out there. Okay. Well, I'll predict that... Um, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very specific one. What's the deal with airplane food, Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, I'll predict uh, Trump wins, um, and it will be yeah big big protests, and it will be a, a big civil right. Or actually, Trump will win, but it won't. He won't win. <laughs> yeah, well, or uh, America just takes off her clothes and launches into a full blown military dictatorship. So I see that yeah, every, the last two elections just prior has been race has become a like a big race pro, uh, protests. I'd be interested to see if race protests um, happen again this, uh, this, coming up, summer. this coming summer for them. Um, it was, yeah, it's both like clockwork about, you know, two, three, four months before the, um, the election, the last two years, the last two ones. So uh, the other prediction that I've got is um, I'm running two of the hottest fringe shows in Perth and Adelaide. <laughs> so check out All Stars Comedy for some uh, comedy that's not safe for the Karens and Darrens. Uh, yes. Darrens. Uh, Charmed and Dangerous is my show. You can uh, get tickets. You can buy them directly through me and we don't have to give the fringe booking fees. Fuck all. Yeah. Probably breaching a contract when I say <laughs> that. But hey, remember what photo I've got, bitches. Yeah, that's good. Um yeah, sick. I think the final prediction that I'll make is that, and I think I touched on this last week, I think like a Biden or someone uh, quite high up will acknowledge uh, alien life in some way. Not necessarily like, ah, oh, we're in contact or whatever, but acknowledge it in some way. Just a little baby step, little bite, mm. little bite-sized chunk. Uh, and, and I think whilst that happens, something very shady will be happening behind <laughs> I think you've got to use the information that you know is going to come out anyway and use it in whatever way they possibly can. I think you said it before, information is a... Currency of currency. Uh, Yep, so um, I think information that they know is going to come out, they'll then just use it at the right times. And, you know, as dark as it all seems, there's a lot of things that are out of our control, but one thing you can control is to check in on your mates and and make sure they're all right because... uh, 
too many of them have left us in recent times. So. I love that, mate. Um, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, mate. Take bloody, care of yourself. Bloody good pod. And uh, have a good 2024, mate. You too. See you, buddy. Perfect. Perfect.